Hey, Tyler Shields here, pastor of Rock House Baptist Church. I want to personally thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We pray that the message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to be the person that God desires you to be. Be sure to check us out online at rockhousebaptist.org where you can find out more about how to connect, grow, and go. And now, today's message. Well, it's great to see everybody this morning. Hope you've had a good two-week vacation from church. I'm telling you, man, I think uh, God must be up to something because the devil's been trying to keep us out of church pretty hard, ain't he? Between people being sick and the snow and the ice and stuff, I think I think God's got something for you. So just hang on. Um, I'm glad to finally be back. I miss church when we don't have church, to be honest with you. We started a couple weeks ago a, a new series called More Than Conquerors. And if you're like me, you forget. So the last time you came to church, Kyle preached, if you don't remember. A couple weeks ago, Kyle preached for us. It was a pretty awesome day in the story of Rock House Baptist Church. Me and, who was with me? Me and Tom and Mac <laughs> were coming up Dry Hill Road on our way back to town from Confluence Baptist Church because I preached down there that morning. And we get behind the Rock House van and Dan pulls over and he got his window down. And he's like, I want to be the first one to tell you a bunch of people got saved this morning. <laughs> <laughs> That was awesome. And next Sunday, we're going to be baptizing some folks. So listen, if, you, if you're thinking about baptism, then talk to me or talk to Brian. Talk to somebody this week. And we want, to, we want to get you on the list to be baptized next week. I don't care if all we get to do next week is sing a few songs and baptize a bunch of people. We've done it before. I wouldn't care to do it again. But Kyle did a great job talking about overcoming our weakness and talking about the fact that we weren't made to be weak, that we were made in God's image, that we're not made to be victims or made to be defeated, and that we need to start living like that. And I thought that was very well done, Kyle. Uh, and we're going to talk more about living that way today, by being more than conquerors, by overcoming temptation, dealing with the old apple. How many people have ever been tempted About 60% of you just fell into temptation to be dishonest this morning. <laughs> I mean, let me tell you, one of my main points this morning is that everybody is tempted, all right? We all are. You don't outgrow it. You don't, as some uh, commentators say, you don't get beyond the tempter's snares, man. Everybody is tempted, and, and, and if you're not being tempted, then you need to figure out what's wrong with you because you ain't doing something right. Or you're just a lot better than me. But like Kyle said, just because I got saved, that don't mean that suddenly everything in my life is perfect. And that I suddenly am, know how to live a perfect life. And I'm not tempted anymore. But when I did get saved, Jesus changed me, right? We need Christ to lean on through our temptations too. And we think about leaning on Christ when times get hard and, and we're dealing with stuff. But let me tell you something. I need somebody to help me out when those temptations start up. D.L. Moody, he said, From the cradle to the grave, you will be tempted. And the closer you get to Christ, the hotter the fight will be. He said, when, when he wanted to sell the Lord, 
he went to the treasurer of the company. And when he wanted one to deny him, he went to the chief apostle. He said, angels fell even in heaven. Adam fell even in paradise. How much more vulnerable are we if all these other greats can be tempted and even fall and succumb to temptation? That's why we've got to know how to overcome our temptations. So we're going to talk about this, that this morning. I know sometimes we're weak, sometimes we feel weak. But listen, we've got Christ in our life. He's strong, isn't he? He is our strength. Facing temptation is a pretty big deal. Especially in the Word of God. I mean, it's pretty plain all throughout it. Such a big deal that when Jesus taught us how to pray, when He said His disciples down and He taught them how to pray, He didn't list a lot of things to pray about. But guess what? One of those was temptation. What's He say in Matthew chapter 6, 13? He's teaching them how to pray. He says, And do not bring us into temptation. But deliver us from the evil one. Or deliver us from evil, depending on your translation. Why is temptation such a big deal? Well, I think one is because any temptation has the potential to take us from God so easily. And to get us off track. And to ruin our reputations. And ruin our uh, credibility. We give in to temptation, and that temptation becomes an action, and that action is so easy to repeat because we've done it once, and I, you know what, I wasn't that bad. I got away with it. Nobody really knows, right? So I can do it again, and I can do it again, and eventually that action that we started for, that came from a simple temptation becomes a habit, and a habit is something we do over and over and over, and eventually that habit is just, well, it's just who we are. And it all started... But giving in to a temptation. Lord knows there's a lot of habits that we want to break. We need to break. Things that we do that, that, that offends God, that hurts our family. Things that we don't even think about. It's just so much ingrained into us. We don't even realize that we're doing it or saying it sometimes. But just because it's become who we are and it's formed a habit. And it may seem like that's our character doesn't mean that we can't change. Amen. Amen. It don't mean that chain can't be broken. The other reason I think temptation is such a big deal is just what I said. It's something everybody deals with. Lottie dottie, everybody's going to have to deal with temptation. Tomorrow you get up in the morning, you're going to go to work, and maybe even before you get in the car, you're going to be tempted in some way. I guarantee it. All right? So this one's for everybody. Now, everybody faces temptation. Now, some of you really holy people, taller than me, you're thinking, well, my greatest temptation's not eating that extra piece of cake. Because my body is a temple of the, the Holy Spirit, and I just can't deal with them sinful carbs. Either you're not honest. Uh, well, like I said, you're just a lot better than I am. And I'm not trying to downplay anybody's temptation. All right? But the fact is, a lot of people deal with some pretty heavy stuff on a daily basis. For example, there's some people that can't go into a restaurant 
that serves alcohol in part of the restaurant because they're sitting there with their family and all they can think about is how much better it'd be if they could be sitting over there drinking beer and whiskey instead of sitting there enjoying the meal and time with their family. There's some people, men and women, that can't look at somebody of the opposite sex without having inappropriate thoughts about them. There's people that wake up every single day and they have to deal and confront a, 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 just this self-pity and this, this self-doubt and this lack of self-confidence because all they can see is this very skewed image of themselves, which is what Kyle talked about last week. They don't see the image of God in themselves and all they can do is feel bad about me and they're depressed and they're down. There's some people that can't even look at a cigarette, let alone smoke a cigarette, because that leads to smoking a joint, which leads to taking a pill or something worse. These are real issues that people deal with every single day. I wish mine was dealing with cake. I wish that's all we had to worry about. But temptations are all around us. We've got to face them. We're going to talk about how we do that. How do we conquer temptations and stop being defeated by our temptations time and time and time and time again and finally break this cycle of living in sin? Let's call it what it is. So the word for temptation, guess what? It's only found one other place in the book of Matthew. And it's, again, Jesus talking to his disciples. And he's going out. He's got them out in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he's left his disciples in one place to kind of watch and pray. That's what he told them to do. Is he goes in a little deeper to pray and talk to his father. And at this point in the story, Jesus has already been betrayed by Judas. And Judas is getting ready to bring the soldiers to get him. Jesus knows that his time on the cross is coming. Matter of fact, he's going to be turned over to the Romans that night. To the Jews that night. And he, he's out there praying, and he comes back, and what's, what's he find? He finds his disciples taking a nap. He's supposed to be watching and praying, and they're sleeping, not just once, not just twice, three times they're asleep. And you've got to wonder, if they'd only known how serious the matter that was getting ready to come really was, would they have stayed awake? Uh, probably not. Would we stay awake? Probably not. But either rate, they didn't. And they would eventually fall into temptation. What would happen? Peter would deny him. The others would run and hide. And while he went to the cross and he bled and he died, they were just nowhere to be found. And look what he said to them. I think it's our first prescription against temptation. Matthew chapter 26. This is his words to his disciples. He said, stay awake. First, stay awake. And pray. Why? So that you won't enter into temptation. That seems like an odd statement in this situation. Stay awake and pray so that you won't enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So he urges them first, stay awake with him. I used to be good at this. I could stay up all night, go to sleep at like 4, get up at 6 and go to work. And now when it's like 9 o'clock and the kids are in the bed, I'm just laying there trying to make myself get out of the chair to go get in the bed. So I kind of understand where the disciples are coming from. The flesh is weak. They kept falling asleep. But how spiritually, how often do we do this? Christ is pleading with us to stay awake, to, to, to remain vigilant. As the Bible says time and time again, be on guard. Watch. 
And we get into such a routine that when a temptation comes along, man, we're just blindsided by it. We don't even see it coming. We're not even looking out for it. It overtakes us. Then he tells us to pray. Pray because, one, you can't do it on your own. If you could do it on your own, then God didn't need to send Jesus to die on the cross for you. But you can't do it on your own. You've got to have God's help. You have to have Christ in your life. Fortunately, I, I believe God hears our prayers. Do you believe that? I do. So when you're tempted, this would be a great place to start. When you're tempted, just stop. Push the pause button. Pray. Begin to pray. Ask God to take whatever that is away from you. Ask Him to lead you out of the temptation that Jesus taught you to pray. And say, God, not only lead me out of it, don't ever let me get back in it. <laughs> There's something else we can do, though, too. Stay alert. Stay awake. Pray. It's kind of the Sunday school answer, isn't it? What's that? Run. Run. <laughs> I'm going to give you one better than that, buddy. Run is good. I, 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 I don't think necessarily we need to run. I think we need to make the devil run away from us. Here's what I mean. I want to look at a passage from James. James is a pretty interesting character. If you don't know much about James, the guy that wrote the book of James, James is a half-brother to the Lord Jesus Christ. He kind of knew a little bit about him. And here's what's crazy about James. James didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah until Jesus died and rose from the grave. And then he's like, holy cannoli, this guy is for real. <laughs> and James goes through somewhat of a transformation and, and he becomes so committed to Christ after the resurrection that he was with, G with the church on the day of Pentecost, when, when the Holy Spirit came, he became a supporter of the Apostle Paul. And somebody in church history said that James was so holy, he spent so much time on his knees in prayer and worship that his knees were hard as camel knees. How many of us can say that? But even the Jews, for the most part, like James, he was just a good, righteous, good-living guy. And they thought, they thought they could get James to deny Christ and deny his faith. And what they do? They took him up on top of the temple, to the very pinnacle of the temple in front of this crowd. They said, James, tell us the truth. Deny Christ. Tell us he's not the Messiah. You know what James did? What a temptation, right? You know what James did? James said, Jesus Christ is the very Son of God, and right now he's sitting at the right hand of God. And they threw him off the temple. And it didn't kill him. So they went down and they beat James to death. James was faced with a temptation most of us, I hope, will never have to face. And that is life or death over our faith in Christ. But even with that, he didn't give in to this temptation. Even though, I mean, this guy knew Jesus better than most people. And he, even when he knew him, he didn't believe in him until he seen him what God can really do. That He can raise His Son from the dead. And He died for, for Christ. But what does this guy say? Well, James tells us two things. 
James chapter 4, verse 7. We all know this. We've probably quoted it before. James says, therefore, two things. Submit to God. Resist the devil. And he will turn tail and run like a little scared chicken. He will flee from you. So stay alert. Pray a lot. Pray constantly. Submit to God and resist the devil. Let's talk about what that means. That's how we conquer temptation. First of all, what's it mean to submit to God? Well, it's kind of like what Kyle said last week. Submitting to God is kind of like saying, God, I give up. I'm giving it all over to you. I'm trusting you with my life. I've placed my faith in Christ for salvation. You trust Him. You trust in His strength. You trust in His plan for your life and His purpose for you. As Kyle said, which I thought was pretty awesome, you take that sidestep out of the aisle and you go meet Jesus. You give it over to God. Submit your life to Him. Then you follow that up with baptism if you've never been baptized. Come see me. We'll put your name on the list for next week, all right? And then he says... You resist the devil. Hmm. What's it mean to resist him? We try a lot, don't we? It literally means to oppose him. To fight him. To go to battle, to go to war against him. You're not just like putting your hands up and saying, get away from me. That's not what resistance is talking about. You're going to knock his teeth out. All right. I want to. I don't know what kind of temptations you have to deal with, but I want you to realize what the devil, what your temptation really is. Whether it's a person or a substance or uh, cake, whatever it is, your temptation, the devil himself, is a bully. He's just a bully. How do you deal with a bully? You stick some math on him. <laughs> Not only can she sing, but she will knock your lights out. <laughs> how, do you deal with how do you deal with a bully? You stand up to a bully, right? I remember when I was a kid, I got time to share this, I do. When I was a kid, probably about middle school, now listen. Honestly, I was a lot like Easton. Easton gets along with pretty much everybody. I, I, I never really had any trouble with people. I always just got along with everybody. The whole, you know, the cool kids, the not cool kids, we all just got along. And I remember, I think in the grade ahead of us, there was one kid that was just a bully to everybody. And you know the, you know the type. He's this kid that's been held back four times. He's like... Drops his kids off at kindergarten and comes eighth grade, you know? <laughs> One of those types. And I noticed, you know, uh, he'd, he'd mess with different kids and never really bothered me. Then one day, he did something. I don't even remember what it was now. Maybe he knocked my books out of my hand. Maybe he shoulder chucked me. I don't remember. And I didn't think much about it. I thought, you know, that's just, I won't say his name, that's just him being him. Well, then it happened again. I said, oh, no. <laughs> We're going to have to stand up to this bully. So I did. Now, listen, this was a big, overgrown boy. 
And I've been about this, this height since I was about 13. <laughs> so I went up to this bully and I threw my stuff down. I said, all right, big boy, let's me and you settle this right here. And he looked down at me. <laughs> he said, are you serious? I said, yeah, man, I'm serious. We're going to fix this right now. Now listen, I acted big and tough. Was I scared? You better believe it. I thought he was going to bloody my nose and weld my eyes shut. But he just kind of laughed. Nothing happened. We didn't fight. I don't have any cool story to share about that. But after that moment, you know, we actually became kind of friends. Never bullied me. Never bothered me. Never said anything weird to me or cross to me ever again. We actually got along pretty good. My point is, some of you are so tired of dealing with that bully that you see coming walking down the hall every day, come walking through your life every day just to knock you around and to beat you down. And it's time to stand up to him. It's time to, listen, you've got to come to a point in your life that you just stop and you say, I am sick and tired of dealing with this over. I'm sick and tired of being defeated by this over and over and over again. I'm not going to take this anymore. I've had enough. You've got to come to that point. Stand up to that bully. Resist the devil. Watch him flee. I know your bully seems kind of big, <laughs> just like mine did. Sometimes it feels a lot like David facing a life. And I know it's scary, and it's intimidating, and it's powerful that you think that temptation or that bully is or whatever it is that's got a hold on you. Listen, my God is so much greater so much stronger, so much more powerful, so much tougher. My God is tough. And he will help you defeat and conquer whatever it is through him. And I know you can do this. I'm not just trying to pump you up with all this motivation. I know you can do this. Look at me. I know you can do this. Why? Because I believe what the Bible says. And listen to what the Bible says. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, he says, No temptation has come upon you except what is common to humanity. Check it out. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with the temptation, he will also provide a way out so that you may be able to bear it. Isn't that good news? Everybody faces temptation. Some of you aren't just facing uh, little temptations. You're fighting stuff today. You walked in here fighting a battle this morning. And you're fighting hard and you're trying to do it all on your own. But listen, you can't do it on your own. If you try to do it on your own, you're going to find yourself fighting the same old battle time and time again and getting beat down most of the time. I don't know what it is that you're facing. It could be something like alcohol, dope, lust, doubt, fear, carbs, whatever it may be. 
And you may be just simply tempted to walk out the door this morning the same way you came in. But whatever you're dealing with, if you, don't, if you ever heard anything else I'm telling you, according to 1 Corinthians 10, 13, God is providing you a way out this morning. And all you need to do is come and call upon the name of the Lord. Call on God. Say, God, I know I can't do this on my own. God, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of being beat up by the devil and, and overcome by my temptation. I need help. And guess what? God will give it to you. Let's stand together, Pastor Brian. Pastor Tyler is going to be pulling double duty. He asked for my help, but um, what a great message about temptation. Give Pastor a hand. I don't think that uh, sometimes we need to thank him more. And there's no doubt in my mind that God sent him for this church, for these people. But even more than that, Jesus came down from heaven. God sent his only son. And the Bible tells us that as pastor gets ready to tune it up that he sent his only son not to condemn the world but that the world might be saved through him. If you don't know him this morning I beg that as brother, what brother Kyle said last week that you take that hardest step, that side step out into the aisle. If you have to push somebody around, that's okay. He'll forgive you. That person will, and so will the Lord. Before Pastor gets ready to sing, I want to read something here from Romans 10. It's a verse that our disciple group's been studying, but no true words have ever been spoken. Paul says this. He says, The word is near you and in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we are preaching, meaning the truths of God. Verse 9 and 10. <laughs> that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, greatest four words I've ever known, you will be saved. Amen. It's with your heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness. With the mouth he confesses, or she, resulting in salvation. You're this close away from being righteous. <laughs> you don't know him, and you're this close to finding salvation. There's nothing no greater in this world, I promise. Thanks again for tuning in today. And remember, the greatest decision that you could ever make is to place your faith in Jesus Christ for salvation and begin a personal relationship with Him. Again, thanks for listening. God bless.